I know this bear market is taking an emotional toll on a lot of people. I feel like we're still in the capitulation phase. We haven't got to the depression stage yet. So there is some more downside, in my opinion, that we can go. But in this episode, we're going to talk about why you might not even make a dime anyway on the next bull market. This and more on this episode of Crypto Until Infinity. Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me on episode number 24 of Crypto Until Infinity on the Bitcoin Podcast Network. I'm your host, DJ's Never Ending Story. We're going to get into some real important stuff on this episode, talking about why you might not make any money at all in the next bull run. And I really mean it. Not a single dime. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's going to be some regulation coming in this cryptocurrency space, whether you like it or not. I personally don't like it. I want to stay unregulated forever. I don't care. You know, that's the risk I'm taking. But I try to cut out the government as much as I can, you know. But we're going to talk about why you might not make any money in this next bull market coming into the cryptocurrency space which i believe won't even come until next year sometime i know i know it sounds terrible but we gotta let bitcoin do what it does um you know that run up to nineteen thousand dollars was spectacular but obviously it was highly speculative and highly impulsive emotional it was too much euphoria going on and this purge that is going on right now needs to happen for us to find a true bottom for us to start. Well, not to start, but just to finish the bull market, let it consolidate or bear market. I'm sorry. Let it consolidate for a while. And, um, you know, get this uptrend started sometime in the next year. So we're going to talk about some things, some important things. If you're a newcomer to the space, there are a lot of things you probably don't know. I always think in a highly speculative market like cryptocurrency, it's always better to know what's going to be the future. There's a lot of uncertainty right now in the current. It's hard to assess where we are today based on the past because things change by the daily. Um, I want to give an example, something like user activated hard forks, user activated soft forks, minor activated hard forks, minor activated soft forks. These are different things you can look up in the cryptocurrency space to learn about ways we're trying to solve scaling issues that we might encounter in the future and some that we're encountering already when it comes to Bitcoin and altcoins. So make sure you look that up if you don't know anything about that. There have been instances in Bitcoin and altcoins in the past where forks have created new coins New coins have broken off from the original coin. Uh, one of the most famous with Bitcoin is Bitcoin Cash that happened last year, which brought a lot of brand confusion and also just confusing when trying to decide if you're really investing in the right coin. So this brings me to my main point of the discussion where why I think that the majority of people will not make money in the next bull market just because this market is highly speculative and always changing. We have new type of investors and new capital coming in from all over the place. And it makes me think of what is the biggest thing that is going to make it so much harder for the average retail investor to make money or 
maybe not just the average retail investor, but any investor in the cryptocurrency space to make money in the next bull market. So what do I think is going to fuel the next bull market? I've talked about this before, and I believe that will be the tokenization of securities. So what are securities? If you don't know, if you're not familiar with any type of financial instruments when it comes to the stock market, Forex or anything else. So securities are uh, bonds, uh, notes, stocks, debentures. Uh, these are all securities. These are all things that can be uh, traded or bought. And we see these type of instruments in the traditional markets. We don't see them in crypto yet. But from the big ICO boom of 2017, there have been ideas and there has been a lot of flirting with putting securities on the blockchain. Putting securities on the blockchain is something that will provide um, liquidity for a lot of these securities that are at all time highs. Um, for instance, like the stock market. Now we've seen companies like Apple and Amazon both become trillion dollar companies over the past couple months. And. When you think about things like that and also other stocks, when you reach all time highs, you're reaching a level where the volatility is low, which doesn't attract a lot of investors. Investors are attracted or excuse me, traders. Traders are attracted to volatility. This is how they make their money going long or shorting the market as well as doing different options on the market. Um, so because we're at all time highs there these uh rois these uh profits are coming in very slow all right so i do believe the natural progression of things is for some of these companies to bring their securities to the cryptocurrency space especially those dealing with tech but there will be more than just tech if we are talking about the tokenization of securities on the blockchain so what are some ways that I think that many investors will not make money in this next bull run? So with the trillions of dollars that might come to a cryptocurrency space that is only used to a couple hundred billion, which is just a little baby, it's going to bring a lot of volatility and a lot of uh, liquidity, uh, which I said traders will like. But for the investors looking to constantly gain money, this is not too good and this is really uh my argument based upon human psychology so i give an example this is based upon doll bar studies if you're unfamiliar look up doll bar d-a-l-b-a-r they specialize in the quantitative analysis of investor behavior so in their studies they claim that the impulse of the investor whether they're retail or institutional is often wrong also, many academic studies found that the individual investor, they usually underperform standard benchmarks. They usually sell winners and hold losers, and they're often impacted by short attention spans and past performance. They usually avoid past behaviors that have generated pain, and they tend to be highly under diversified. So basically what happens is most retail investors and institutional investors look for illiquid markets they kind of use this as an edge to kind of like tame their past mistakes tame their future mistakes excuse me 
and to uh, prevent losses. Obviously, when you have an illiquid market, there isn't a lot of crazy movement. This also eases the uh, often emotional trading that goes on. This is something I used to do early on. So I've been burned a lot of times. A lot of my trades have been unsuccessful, but ultimately I am always above my principal and uh, you know, crypto is my main source of income. So obviously I learned from my mistakes, different strategies, which I can talk about in a different podcast. But there's been many times where I have been burned and what I would do after just being burned so much losses, you know, I would either get out of the market completely for a short while just to kind of like regroup get my mind right, get my sleeping in order, because there's a lot of things. That's that's something that a lot of investors in crypto kind of fight early on, just fighting sleep. They can't really sleep just because this market is just going crazy 24-7 and never closes. Either pulling totally out of the market or finding an altcoin that is very illiquid and doesn't have it doesn't have a lot of movement, right? I try to tell people just because you're not an emotional person, I don't consider myself emotional. Matter of fact, I can I, I really consider myself more of a stoic. Obviously, I've been burned and many of my friends have been burned. People that aren't emotional traders, but human psychology, you know, based on um, uh, the studies from Dalbar, we all tend to really behave alike. You know, some are maybe just worse than others, but we all tend to be uh, following these rules that I just stated. And it's actually pretty proven that illiquid markets can be good. Um, there's been studies, one by the University of Chicago Booth School of Business. They saw that 1,400 private equity funds over a 24-year period found that private equity funds' median return net of fees outperformed the S&P 500 by over 3% per year. So that's pretty cool, right? Um, just being in an illiquid market opposed to being in a liquid market. So another reason why I feel that securities coming into the cryptocurrency space will ultimately hurt a lot of investors is just the fact that the type of securities that will come. Um, and I know for certain, well, I'm not going to say I know for certain, but I'm pretty sure that there will be some regulation. It doesn't make any sense for securities that aren't that are on traditional markets coming to the cryptocurrency space just to be unregulated they want to keep the investors that they have and they also want to attract new investors and regulation usually allows people to feel more comfort with uh their investments and returns of their investments so so we have situations where the type of funding that these various companies will receive will come from accredited investors so an accredited investor is somebody that has at least a million dollars in assets uh, and i'm thinking about the u.s um, because this varies but in the u.s you need at least a million dollars in assets or you need to be bringing in about three hundred thousand dollars year over year so that automatically cuts out a lot of people from investing in potential securities that might come into the cryptocurrency space and those potential securities will be uh holding companies uh, a seed money company, hedge funds, private equity investments, venture capital investments, uh, mutual funds, oil and gas, military uh, ammunition, real estate, construction. So we have these huge markets that the average person won't even be able to invest in. 
And the thing about these type of investments, especially if you're an accredited investor in the A rounds, I mean, think about Uber, something like uh, something like a company like Uber. You know, people that invested early on are just like swimming in money. I mean, I guess depending on how much money they were able to invest in. But the average person isn't able to go into these A rounds. You know, it'll be years before uh, these companies go public for the average retail investor to even invest in. So you've missed out in like these crazy returns. And I'm talking about like, you know, you're doubling your money year over year, probably sometimes, you know, depending on the company. And you just you as a retail investor, you're just missing out because you're not accredited. And you know what? This is already happening in the ICO space. Some of these ICOs, uh, you know, you need to be an accredited investor. Or um, a lot of these ICOs, they don't even offer uh, U.S. people to even participate. You know, you're being cut out already. And this is without the SEC or the CFTC involved. And, you know, one more thing. Once the SEC does get involved, CFTC does get involved in the future. We have to think about the ICOs that have been launched in the past that might have to come upon new regulation, which will... I know it's, it's, it's a lot of uncertainty if you are an unaccredited investor and you participate in ICOs. What will actually happen to your investment? Will you have to give it up? You know, you we really don't know. And that was that was kind of an issue in the later part of 2017, um, just because the SEC was actually starting to talk, be in communications with a lot of these ICOs and some of these ICOs. Um, the volatility was just a little bit too mad. It's just crazy. Or if these uh, ICOs were already um, complete with funding, they had coins trading on the market. You know, the SEC is communicating back and forth with uh, various or Ethereum. That was a big that was a big example. And that caused a lot of price fluctuation. Different SEC news that will come out. You know, people are like selling their uh, selling their Ether or whatever, you know, trying to get rid of it just because. Um, you know, this type of regulation that might come about, you know, people are trying to take profits now, you know, basically before they might have to ultimately give up their investment. So, you know, it, it's, it was pretty it's pretty it was pretty crazy last year. You know, thinking about past bull markets in the cryptocurrency space and just looking at these coins and tokens now, just look at the charts. Um, if you are fairly new to trading at all. Check out Trading View. You can actually look at other people's charts, people doing technical analysis, or you just want to look at different price movements of the past. Check out TradingView.com. That is one space where you can do that at. And so what I want to say is there's the difference between true demand and speculative demand. You know, we're seeing quite often in these bull markets and bear markets, coins are retracing 100 percent. You know, coins will do uh, 10x or 5x or sometimes more than 10x, you know, and the coins will retrace 100%. That is a speculative market. There's no way we're going to see stuff like this in the traditional stock market often, you know. It's, it's absolutely crazy. And the problems come about when people make long term capital decisions based upon short market term or short term market anomalies like that. You know, um, you'll see like uh, various impulses like we've recently had one with Ripple based on news that might come out uh, in the future. Or, um, I mean, we just seen a over 100 percent price spike. 
That's crazy, you know? And I've seen that plenty of times with different altcoins and even Bitcoin at one point. It's pretty hard for Bitcoin to do that right now based on the price, but I've seen it before back when it was cheaper. And um, yeah, this is speculation. And the last reason why I feel that you will not make money in the next bull market is over trading, which is very common. Over 90% of traders do not make any type of profit. And I'm talking about the uh, I'm talking about professionals. So what do you think <laughs> as, as the average retail investor will do, especially in a market like this? This is this is a highly volatile market. If you must trade, just get in the habit of taking profits, get in the habit of looking up passive income in this space. I've said it before. Mining or staking are ways where you can allow your computer or computer equipment to do some of the work for you. Hey, I mean, I'm on YouTube, you know, every now and then I might pull up Netflix, which is actually rare for me. Take a walk, go out of town. My computer is making the money for me while I'm doing these things, right? So I try to tell people all the time, getting into crypto, it is a highly volatile market. I mean, in traditional markets, you'll see prices, uh, you know, take a downswing of 10%, which is considered a crash. But this happens daily in this type of market. I mean, it's very speculative, as I've said many times already. Um, some of these ICOs will be out here working on a product or I'm sorry they'll claim to be working on a product and just raising money for something they don't even have a proof of their concept for you know they don't even have a proof of concept you know the SEC is not here to protect you yet you know this this market is for high risk takers um me why I'm in this market I've stated this before I'm somewhat somewhat of an anarchist I can't say I'm there totally you know, I'm, I'm working my way there to be like just totally anti-establishment. You know, I'm about smaller governments. Uh, actually, I'm really more so about self-regulation autonomy. You know, that's why I'm in this market. And blockchain is decentralized. Blockchain is giving more power to the individual. Um, I try to tell people all the time, these traditional mainstream news uh, mediums like CNBC, Bloomberg, MarketWatch, Forbes, they aren't reliable sources. Crypto is still less than 10 years old, even though we will be going into the 10th year uh, of Bitcoin next year. But it's, it's less than 10 years old. And these markets, sorry, these mediums, they really don't know. These mediums aren't the developers. These mediums aren't the miners talking. These aren't even people that even paid attention to the space back, you know, in the early stages. Matter of fact, these were the entities toward maybe like 2013-14 to just kept pumping out articles that Bitcoin is dead and all, now all of a sudden, you know, they're trying to tell people that Bitcoin is an investment, you know, Bitcoin is about, do, about to do this or that, which is not true. You know, if you're new to the space, go to Reddit, go to Twitter, especially Twitter, actually. Um, There's a lot of um, developers of these coins and tokens that are very open to talking about what they're doing on Twitter. Go to Discord. You know, sometimes you can go to places like Cointelegraph, Coindesk sometimes. You know, I, I retweet them a lot on my Twitter. But go, don't don't pay attention to these uh, traditional mediums. They they don't know. Market Watch, you know, they don't know. But with all that being said, I'm happy that the market is maturing. 
I'm happy that in this bear market, there's been a purge of people that don't need to be investing here. And there's been a purge of companies that have been really showing that they do not have a working product. Um, they've had plenty of time to come up with things to complete their roadmaps. They have plenty of time to prove themselves. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a purge going on of people that don't need to be here. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy about where I am in crypto. I've been in this space for a few years now and I'm learning every day. You know, the learning shouldn't stop. Um, there are too many new developments, you know, daily, weekly, monthly with a lot of these coins and tokens. And you just have to stay adept. Join their discord. Join their discords. You will be able to talk to the direct. Uh, you will be able to talk to the developers directly which is so great you're talking to the source right what's better than talking directly to the source so join their discourse look them up on twitter they usually have links um they pass them around every now and then if they don't have them pinned to their profile where you could join their discord join my discord crypto until infinity i do have a link in every description of my podcast so make sure you check out the description dj's never in a story on instagram uh, DJ's never in a story on Facebook. You can check out my article that I posted on Medium about how blockchain is revolutionizing the music industry. The name of that article is Blockchain Music Platforms, a new paradigm. Check that out. Speaking of the music industry, Spotify has been taking a note of the blockchain space. I can tell they're trying to cut out the middleman. So if you're an artist. You can upload your music directly to Spotify. It's cutting out different middlemen like digital aggregators, labels, such and such. And uh, I think this might be the end of SoundCloud. I think it might be the end of SoundCloud. SoundCloud hasn't turned a profit, I believe, since the inception. You know, their platform is just pissing people off. It pissed me off. Um, just by flagging me for uploading some of my music, getting some of the content identification wrong. Um, they've even flagged me for uploading art that resembled um, <laughs> or used the likeness of artists, which, come on. I mean, nobody's making money off cover art being posted somewhere. Why are you flagging me for that? And um, they've just been getting it wrong, man. Um I believe this might be the death of SoundCloud, allowing allowing artists to directly upload to Spotify. It's a pretty big deal. I mean, and another thing, you're not getting paid from SoundCloud, too. So, I mean, yeah, SoundCloud, I think they had a good run, but it's over. But yeah, follow me on social media. <laughs> Appreciate you guys listening. This has been another episode of Crypto Until Infinity. I will come back next week with the music. You know how I do. Sometimes I just like to talk for a little bit, try to educate the people on things that are happening. But, uh, you know, we can chill out next time. All right. So that being said, once again, follow me on Discord. I have a link to the Discord in the description of this podcast, wherever you're listening to it at. And I will see you all next week. And check out the new DJs, neverendingstory.com. Do that, folks. Put some good work in, man. So check that out. <laughs> All right. See y'all next week.